live from the Poly Market Studio in LA. It's the Young Turks. Woo! It's up! Turks, Jake Ugrana, Kasparian with you guys. Lots of news to get to, so let's just get to it. Let's just get to it. Uh, unfortunately, we are now thoroughly engaged in an ever expanding war in the Middle East. Let's get to the details. President Biden yesterday called this attack on those U.S. forces despicable and wholly unjust. And now he and his team are working towards deciding how exactly the U.S. will respond. In a statement mourning the death of those three U.S. service members, the president said, quote, we will hold all those responsible to account at a time and in a manner of our choosing. President Joe Biden blames Iran and is promising to retaliate against them after three US troops were killed in an overnight drone strike in Northeast Jordan near the Syrian border. Now, if you're wondering what US forces were doing in Jordan in the first place, a lot of people were asking that question after this news broke. We'll get into the details on that in just a moment. Now, dozens more of our service members were injured in the attack, some of whom had severe injuries, including traumatic brain damage as a result of this drone strike. Now, US Central Command said at least 34 troops were injured by the one-way attack drone with eight flown out of Jordan for follow-up care. Uh, those were the individuals who were severely uh, injured as a result. It described the eight as being in stable condition. So that's a good update on the news. Now the large drone strike, uh, I'm sorry, the large drone struck, I should say, a logistics support base in Jordan known as Tower 22. It is along the Syrian border, as I mentioned earlier, and it's used largely by US troops involved in the advise and assist mission for Jordanian forces. Now, Central Command said approximately 350 US Army and Air Force personnel were deployed at this particular base in Jordan. The three who were killed and most three people were killed and then most of the individuals Army soldiers in particular were wounded and US troops have used Jordan, a kingdom bordering Iraq, Israel and the Palestinian territory of the West Bank, Saudi Arabia and Syria as a basing point. Some 3000 American troops typically are stationed across Jordan, not just this particular base, but across Jordan. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said the troops were deployed there to Work for the lasting defeat of ISIS. Three officials said the drone struck near the troops' sleeping quarters, which they said explained the high casualty count. And just about half an hour ago, the Wall Street Journal did some additional reporting on this story and noted that the reason why it was difficult for the US to strike that drone before it hit its targets is because there was a US drone returning to the base 
at the same time, which they confused for the unfortunate drone that was seeking to attack them. Now, Biden, who is traveling in South Carolina, asked for a moment of silence during an appearance at a Baptist church's banquet hall. He then basically made clear that he plans to retaliate. Let's watch. We had a tough day last night in the Middle East. We lost three brave souls in an attack on one of our bases. Yes. And uh, I asked you to come to the silence for all three of those souls. Jesus. And we shall respond. Now it's terrible audio, it's difficult to hear, so I just wanna reiterate what he said. We had a tough day last night in the Middle East. We lost three brave souls in an attack on one of our bases and we shall respond. Biden said in a written statement that the United States will hold all those responsible to account at a time and in a manner of our choosing. And I should note that Iran has denied taking part in this attack and even today the United States does not have confirmation on which militant group ordered the attack. But we do know that the drone was coming from Iraq. Go ahead, Cenk. Yeah, so he says that it was wholly unjust. It makes it sound like you just came up out of nowhere. I mean, these we were just minding our business in the Middle East and all of a sudden these awful, terrible Muslims just attack us out of nowhere because you know, that's their nature. Uh, no, we bombed uh, a militia that we think is connected to Iran in Iraq, though it's in Iraq. And we bombed it and we killed their leader. And they have now taken responsibility for this drone strike. Now, do we know for sure that it was them? No, we don't know for sure, right? But they did take responsibility and we did kill their leader and we did bomb them. So this like, but you almost never see that. Like I got to it in like paragraph 28 in one of the articles that I read. The rest of it makes it seem like, well, golly gee, we're just minding our business. And all of a sudden, somebody bombs us and kills us. I could, no one could have seen this. Oh, we gotta strike back hard. Okay, we have to strike back hard. So everybody says that because we're all heartbroken over those three guys who died. They're Americans. We love them. We didn't want them to die, right? But are we convinced striking back hard is going to solve the problem? I mean, striking them hard in the first place is what created the problem. So, okay, we're gonna strike harder and then when they bomb us again and kill more of us, we'll all act surprised again. Like, oh, I don't know where this came from, nobody could have seen this coming. I mean, we were just busy killing them all and then they had the temerity to kill some of us back. And now we're just dumbfounded by it. I thought that if we had killed enough of them, they would finally be obedient to us and know that we are superior to them. I think and that they should all listen to Israel and they should all know when they're occupied and be a good docile population who's abused for the rest of time. I don't know why they're so upset. They say with a straight face and the reporters write it down. Oh Yeah, I can't tell. I think the real question is, does the United States government care about the lives of our service members? I don't even think that's a question, of course they don't. Because if they did, they would maybe reconsider how easily they send them abroad to fight Israel's war for them. Let's keep it real. And the attacks against military members of our military have increased since the October 7th attacks. And as we know, the Biden administration sent more of our soldiers over to that region of the world in an effort to deter an expansion of this war to a regional war. But all we've seen so far is an expansion of war in that region.
a look at this graphic and I'll explain um, what we're looking at. So uh, this is actually a graphic that was made by Fox News, but I thought they did a good job pinpointing the various attacks that US uh, soldiers have been dealing with since October 17th. There have been at least 159 attacks on US forces. And so according to the Associated Press, Iran backed militias have struck American military installations in Iraq more than 60 times and in Syria more than 90 times with a mix of drones, rockets, mortars and ballistic missiles. The attack on Sunday was the first targeting American troops in Jordan during the Israel Hamas war and the first to result in the loss of American lives. And considering the rhetoric that we're hearing from the Biden administration, it appears that we are headed straight for a war with Iran, which would be absolutely disastrous, which is something that the American people don't want, which could be absolutely devastating for the men and women in our military. And I'll explain why with some statistics to back it up. Now, an umbrella group for Iran-backed factions known as the Islamic resistance in Iraq earlier claimed launching explosive drone attacks targeting three areas in Syria, as well as one inside of occupied Palestine. The group has claimed responsibility for dozens of attacks against bases housing US troops in Iraq and Syria since the Israel Hamas war began. Three officials with Iran-backed militias in Iraq who spoke on condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to discuss the matter with journalists said the drone attack against the base in Jordan was launched by one of the Iraqi groups. No faction at that point had officially claimed responsibility. And I wanna reiterate, while it appears that the United States wants to pin this on Iran, and Iran does back these militant groups with weapons and things like that, there is still no evidence that Iran ordered this attack. It's very similar to what happened in the aftermath of the October 7th Hamas atrocities in Israel. The Wall Street Journal fell over itself to report that Iran had ordered those attacks. There was no evidence of that. And Wall Street Journal ended up with egg on its face. So if you want to criticize Iran for providing weaponry to these militant groups, that's fine. But you can't just automatically assume that Iran has ordered these very specific attacks against US military in Jordan. Yeah, and I don't think that's the main issue at all. If you go punch someone in the face and they punch you back, you can't pretend to be surprised. And you can't say, okay, that's why I did. Oh, you punched me back, then that's why I have to murder you and your entire family. No, that's not self-defense. So, okay, why am I saying what we're doing in the Middle East is not self-defense? First of all, Israel's been occupying the Palestinians for 75 years. But that's okay, they get okay. to do that. So open air prison for 5 million people, it's a, an open sore in the middle of the Middle East. Every Muslim hates that the Palestinians are occupied. And But no, no, that's that's got nothing to do with anything. I mean, look at the absurdities in American media. So if you're an American and you've never heard people like us telling you the truth, yeah, it turns out occupying people, they don't love it. And keeping them in open air prisons and then humiliating them on a daily basis, arresting them, murdering them, etc. Turns out they're not fans of it. Wow, what a big thing in American media, that's like a big revelation. Okay, and so then we go on top of that. Now, Netanyahu has killed 20 times the number of civilians as Hamas has. But Hamas are terrorists, but Netanyahu isn't. The right-wing government of Israel isn't. And Israel has bombed Gaza and Lebanon, God knows where else, I think in Syria as well. We bombed Syria and Iraq and Yemen. But you see how they're the aggressors? <laughs> We're bombing all over the Middle East. 
And then we put up a graphic saying how many times we've been attacked. You know, why are they attacking us? Because we attacked first. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. Right. right? That's the point. And the way that this has been reported makes it appear as though, oh my God, you know, innocent America keeps getting attacked. Innocent Israel keeps getting attacked. What spurred the attacks in the first place? And why are we risking the lives of our soldiers in the Middle East as we speak on behalf of Israel? Which by the way, has been aching for the United States to fight their war for them in Iran. And the reason why Cenk, what I said about Iran is important is because that's what we're barreling toward. We're barreling toward a war with Iran, which would be disastrous on so many different levels, considering their military capability and how many troops we would need on the ground to even have, honestly, a hope of, I guess, defeating Iran. And what would that look like? What happens after you defeat Iran? No, no, you guys, look, this, this is the people in Washington are mentally ill. And so, and we've our democracy is sick right now, and we're trying to help recover. But it's having trouble getting past the sickness. The sickness is corruption, legalized bribes. So the defense contractors, the Israeli lobby, the oil companies, etc., want a giant war in the Middle East because they're all going to profit from and it. We're gonna and, it. And we're going to get it. And Netanyahu has said brazenly, openly, dozens of times, including in an interview he did with Piers Morgan's network just today. Uh, saying, yeah, I want America to fight our war for us. He says, why isn't America fighting the war? They've got to fight it more. They have to attack Iran and they have to attack Yemen, etc. Who the hell are you? Look, I know some people catch feelings over it, but sorry, why we do, never elected him. Why He's not the troops, boss of us. Why do our troops need to spill their blood on behalf of Israel? No, Can no, no. If you wanna, to me? Yeah, exactly. You want to occupy five million people forever? And you want to oppress and humiliate them? That's your business. I hate it. I don't view you as that. Where's the ally? Where's the ally? Oh, I inflamed the entire Muslim world, 1.6 billion people against you, America. You see what a great ally I am? No, I don't. I actually don't at all. And no one's ever given any evidence of Israel helping America at all with one goddamn thing, except they say, no, they share with us the intelligence we need to kill Muslims on their behalf. Wow, what a big help! Oh, you've been so generous, I didn't know. So there, look guys, the why I see the people in Washington are mentally ill is because over three quarters of Americans do not want a war with Iran, go ahead, poll it. So first of all, two thirds already want a ceasefire in Gaza, but a war with Iran, they have four times the landmass of Iraq. They have twice the population of Iraq. And I know everybody thinks we're invincible, although we just got our asses handed to us in Afghanistan and Iraq, but we're not invincible. Iran has a significant military, and look at what one drone did. One tiny little drone that costs almost nothing. Do you know how many drones Iran has? If Iran wants to unleash their drones, let alone their missiles, let alone their ships, let alone their mines. You think it's bad in the Red Sea now because a couple of Houthi rebels are firing rockets? Iran could put mines all over the Red Sea and make it completely unpassable. They could sink. You think they can't sink our ships? This is so Do you know how crazy. many Americans are gonna die so Netanyahu can occupy the Palestinians for a couple more years? Who cares? They're just American lives. They're not precious IDF lives. Ooh. IDF, they lose 24 people in one day and it's a massive tragedy. But when it comes to American soldiers risking their lives on behalf of Israel so they can do what they're doing to the Palestinians, who cares? No number is too high, right? And by the way, another note, and this is from Jordan Cohen from the Cato Institute. He notes that analysts estimate that any ground invasion into Iran would require 1.6 million US troops. So, I mean, 
Are American troops cool with that? Are they cool with being deployed, possibly being deployed for a ground invasion into Iran if it comes to that? Because the analysts also say that simply doing an invasion through the air, through the sea, that's not gonna be enough. You would need a ground invasion to defeat Iran. State Department really doesn't like answering some difficult questions about this matter. Because State Department spokesperson John Kirby was recently asked some tough questions by an Al Jazeera journalist about whether the Biden administration has any interest in working with Congress and consulting with Congress before carrying out some of the military operations he's considering. So let's take a look at how Kirby answered that question. The president was sent a letter on Friday from a bipartisan group of lawmakers and he had been accused of unauthorized strikes against the Houthis by bypassing Congress. They said no president, regardless of political party, has the constitutional authority to bypass Congress on matters of war. Do you think that that would apply here given this escalation? We're not at war with the Houthis. We're not going to be, we're not looking for a war with Iran. The president is comfortable that he has the appropriate legal authorities to act in self-defense of our ships, our sailors, and our troops and our facilities at sea or shore. Right. Isn't it time to involve the American people? I mean, given the fact that the American people were not happy about, I mean, I suspect the American people are not happy about attacks on commercial shipping in the Red Sea. I also suspect they're not happy about seeing American troops killed at a base in Jordan. The president has the authority to defend those troops and those facilities, and he'll do that. So. It is interesting because here you have Kirby speaking on behalf of the American people who have been calling for a ceasefire almost since the beginning of this war. But you know, Kirby knows better. Kirby knows what's actually in our hearts and minds. And he believes that we want to give Biden full authority, unilateral control over expanding this war. And by the way, one other thing I'll just note, we are at war with the Houthis. Don't let them lie to you. We are literally bombing Yemen as we speak because of our war with the Houthis. I don't know why they think we're idiots and we don't see what's happening. Yeah. That whole scene was a joke, so it's all theater, guys. So Kirby says the president doesn't check polls to see what's popular. Okay, that's the next video. And okay, that's even all right, we'll get to that in a second, yeah. okay? Come on, all right, and he says here, uh, you know, uh, you know, we're not trying to get into a wider war. We happen to bomb Yemen, we happen to bomb Iraq, we, and Israel happened to bomb many other countries. But golly gee, we're not the one trying to start a war. No, you are, that's exactly what you're doing. You're putting our soldiers in harm's way. You're getting them killed, that's a fact. If they weren't there for no reason at all, if they were, you weren't bombing all those people for all, pretty much no reason at all, they wouldn't have gotten killed. So it's totally on you and Joe Biden. Every part of this is absurd, but oh, hey, I'm not trying to get in a war with Iran, but Iran's fault. Oh, they're terrible. They won't even let us occupy five million people and hold them prisoners. Oh, come on, boo, get out of here. And when none of them are asking about the donors, they're all. This is all theater. This is all theater. So you don't think like they don't think none of the reporters in that room think the defense contractors, the oil companies, and APAC are relevant at all to this discussion. So if the it's obvious that Biden's not listening to the American people. Over two thirds want a ceasefire. 
So who is he listening to? Why doesn't anybody ask that question? <gasps> you can't ask that question, that's so wrong. That's actually 100% true, that would be a problem. All right, let's go to the next video. This is an election year. Is the president looking at his polling when he's weighing all of these options? Is the president looking at what? That's a heck of a question. He's not, not looking, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. Let me just stop you right there. Let me finish my question. Commander in chief is not looking at polling or considering the electoral calendar when he's defending. How they feel about the war on Gaza? Oh, now can I answer the question? He's not looking at political calculations or the polling or the electoral calendar as he works to protect our troops ashore and our ships at sea. And any suggestion to the contrary is offensive. Is he looking at the polling with respect? Does the American public want a broader Middle East conflict when he weighs his political decision making? Ma'am, I've answered that question. Okay, let's go. You didn't answer that question. Is he weighing that? He is not concerning himself uh, with the political calendar. The American public have the opportunity to weigh in yeah. on whether they want made in America I have answered your, on the bombs that are going to question. be dropped. We're going to move on. Go ahead, Phil. Thanks, Green. So I think he's actually, for the most part, telling the truth there. Because when you look at how much support Biden is losing, certainly in swing states like Michigan over his handling on this war on Gaza, you would have to believe that he's not paying attention to the polling. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but no. So I'll give you a great example. You remember the day that it was leaked that Joe Biden told people in a closed door fundraiser that Israel was doing too many indiscriminate killing of civilians? That was the same day that a poll came out saying that Biden is losing Michigan by 10 points. No, he doesn't look at the polling. Uh, he wouldn't care at all. Okay. Or they just happened to leak it on the same day that he realized he's losing Michigan. But does he, he looks at the polling, of course, like any discussion of a politician not looking at polling, I refuse to engage. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. They are all 100% obsessed with polling. So he looks at it and then ignores it because he goes, yeah, but my donors don't want that. My donors want war, so I'm gonna give them war. Okay, because the donors are always 10 million times more important than the voters. And that's how Joe Biden thinks. He doesn't even, and then he tries to appease you by, oh, I have said strongly worded comments to Netanyahu. Okay, but what good are your trash donors if your trash donors are going to for, like pressure you to do things that won't get you reelected? What no. good are your donors? The whole point of donors is to get that cold hard cash to run your piece of crap campaign. Well, look, this is basically chapter four of my book, Justice is Coming. They lost track of the actual goal, which is to win. Even if you only care, even if good, you, he doesn't deserve to win. Right? If if you just care about power, I'm not even talking about passing bills, which they couldn't care less about, right? And helping the average American, raising wages, get better health care. Nobody cares in Washington. Approximately zero. Now, to be fair, Bernie cares a little. Roll Connor cares a little. Okay, so but almost no one cares about us, the American voters, at all, not 1%. But they lost track that they were supposed to at least win elections to retain their power. They're now, everyone in Washington has this disease where 99% of their brain is consumed by donors. They're like, how do I get the money, the money? And so right now, every Biden surrogate, when they went to New Hampshire, they're like, oh, Biden's leading and raising more money. Congratulations, yeah. That's not the point. The point is you're supposed to raise the money to win the election. But you're not winning the election at all. You're losing terrible. Do you guys know that his favorability 
is underwater with young voters by 44 points. 44 points, a Democrat with young voters. But don't worry, the donors are so happy. They're, they're like, Joe, you're such a great guy. And don't worry, we'll get mainstream media to all say you're a wonderful guy and that we should have more war and we should kill more Muslims because they had it coming. Come on, right? And boy, that'll rally the troops. So it's disgusting. Biden's disgusting. Trump's disgusting. And and we're with this horrible, sick, unjust system. You're never going to get to the right answer. All you're going to get is more war. All right. When we come back from the break, we'll talk about the warmongers within the United States Senate, the division among the Republican electorate on more war, and the strong words that Tucker Carlson has for the warmongers in the Senate. Lots to get to when we come back. Don't miss it. Read the polls. Read the polls, Jack. Back on TYT, Jank Anna and SMD1000, who just became a Young Turks member by hitting the join button below the video on YouTube. We appreciate you, Anna. Well, we have a little more on the expanding war in the Middle East. Let's get to it. Only way we will get that done. Increasingly, conservative voters are rejecting more war and an expanding war in the Middle East. And that's what you just witnessed during one of Nikki Haley's events, campaign events. Now, what's interesting is that there is this growing divide among the neocon wing of the Republican Party and the more isolationist wing of the Republican Party. And what you just witnessed was a representative of the growing isolationist mood among Republican voters. In fact, Tucker Carlson recently weighed in on the neocons in the United States Senate following a drone strike that killed three of our service members in Jordan. And I wanna give you these statements by two senators in particular following that drone strike. And then I'll tell you what Tucker Carlson had to say about it. So at first you have Lindsey Graham who in response to that drone strike had tweeted, Secretary Lloyd Austin's efforts to deter aggression against our forces in the region has failed miserably. I've long since lost confidence in the Biden national security team to deter Iran. If they do not change their policies now, more American service members in the region will pay the price. And then he follows that up with, hit Iran now, hit them hard. So he is itching and has been itching with a hot war with Iran for some time now. I mean, Lindsey Graham is the biggest war hawk and loves, I mean, I don't think he's ever seen a war he didn't love. Then you have Republican Senator John Cornyn jumping in to simply say target Tehran, also calling for war with Iran. And Tucker Carlson had a very simple response to both of them, one that I particularly enjoyed, just called them effing lunatics. Uh, might be the first time I've agreed with Tucker Carlson, uh, couldn't agree more. 
So look, Lindsey Graham is a senator from defense contractors. And so he gets funded by them, he's pushed for every single war. Anytime there's any kind of conflict, he encourages Republican and Democratic presidents to bomb, bomb, bomb. And then once we bomb and then they bomb back, he always feigns surprise and says, ah, ha, ha, you see that? We can't even murder them in peace. They These savages fight back a little bit. And then he asked for a much wider war. And so he's one of the morons who were in favor of the Iraq war. Total idiot, got it completely wrong. How many of our kids died in Iraq? It was because of Lindsey Graham. It's real easy for Senator Lindsey yeah. Graham, an elderly man with no children, to call for war because he doesn't, he doesn't have to worry about his own kids being sent to the Middle East. I'll say the same thing to Lindsey Graham and Tom Cotton and Nikki Haley and all these warmongers on the, on the right wing. And by the way, same for the warmongers on the left wing, okay? There isn't much on the left wing, but among Democrats. The Joe Bidens of the world who vote for every war, Hillary Clinton, Iraq war, we love it. Go, 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 you will kill people more than the Republicans will. So all those people, so I will say to you the same thing that I say to people who want you to do suicide bombings. I've said this for about 20 years on the show. Somebody asks you to do a suicide bombing, you go, oh yeah, that's a super interesting idea. You first, you put on the suicide vest, let me see your ass blow up. And then maybe I'll come after you, okay? Lead by example. So Lindsey Graham, Nikki Haley, Tom Cotton, etc., John Cornyn, go ahead. I want you on the front lines. If you're not on the front lines, shut up. I'm not sending my kids to fight your war, okay? So you first, you first. Oh, you cowards are never gonna go there, never. Right. And all you're gonna do is send other kids to die. And you think, well, it doesn't matter. They're not gonna be the donor kids. They're all rich. We're gonna send poor kids to die for us. And, <laughs> and they'll be the first to sign legislation blocking any refugees from coming into the country. Refugees that were made refugees due to the United States expanding war in the Middle East and destabilizing the region further. So that's the other part of it, right? The second half of it, where you have people displaced as a result of us helping to destabilize that region. And then the United States, Politicians, including those calling for the expansion of that war, denying entry of those refugees into our country for any, you know, hope of a life outside of total misery in the Middle East, misery that we partly attributed or contributed to. Now, I want to go to what the reality of a war with Iran would look like. Because it's real easy to just call for it. And I know that a lot of people still have that mindset of US exceptionalism. And we do spend a lot of money in our military. But if you are under the impression that going to war with Iran would be a cakewalk for the United States and our military, you would be mistaken. This is no joke. So let's go to Jordan Cohen. He's a policy analyst in defense and foreign policy at the Cato Institute. And he wrote a really great piece in The Hill about what a war with Iran would look like. And this is the kind of stuff that he analyzes to kind of see what the cost of the war would be, what the chances are that the United States would win. And here's what he writes. Iran's military is designed to prevent an invasion and impose significant costs on any potential attack by air or sea. They have 600 mile range cruise missiles, advanced long range air defense systems, short range air defense systems, anti-aircraft missiles, 3000 ballistic missiles, 6000 naval mines, and the most capable unmanned aerial vehicles in the region. 
So you can kind of understand why Israel would want us to fight their war for them rather than taking it on themselves. But let me continue. Previous analysts have weighed the chances of success for a campaign reliant on US air and naval power. A 2002 war game that required US planners to change the rules mid conflict showed that Iran could easily sink US ships. And in 2012, Pentagon officials estimated that such a strategy would require a minimum of 100,000 troops. So simply attacking Iran by land, by air and sea wouldn't be enough. We would have to send some troops on the ground. But as a result, the US will be unable to engage in a strategy relying on air and naval power to overwhelm the Iranian military and a ground invasion would be necessary. So let's get to the ground invasion and what that would require. Following escalations with Iran in 2019, Pentagon officials estimated a version of this strategy that sought to destroy Iranian nuclear weapons facilities that would require a minimum of 120,000 troops deployed throughout the Middle East. That's just throughout the Middle East. What about troops on the ground in Iran? We'll get a load of this. This is insane. Analysts estimate that any ground invasion would require 1.6 million US troops, almost 10 times what the United States committed to Iraq at any given time. So are we ready for this? Is this what we want? I don't want this. This is ridiculous. This is insane. Uh, to quote a guy I do not like, effing lunatics. It's true. So now you see me hit Trump uh, harder than anybody uh, probably in America. Uh, and on this, I 100% disagree with Trump too. He nearly started World War III, just got lucky it didn't happen. He killed the top Iranian general, he moved our embassy in Israel. These are massive provocations and he got us out of the Iran deal, which was taking all the uranium out of Iran. Now they can develop nukes because the moron named Donald Trump took us out of the deal. Now having said that, I wanna say something that's gonna make a lot of people really mad. There are parts, there are only parts of MAGA that I like and respect. <gasps> if you're not allowed to say it, we have to hate the other side 100% and they have to hate us 100%. But that guy who ripped up that sign, Nikki Haley sign, I like that guy. So I might not like his other views, I might not like that he supports Donald Trump and he might be misinformed about how Trump's anti-war and all that, okay? But I, I don't find it, um, I don't find figures like Nikki Haley comforting. No. Uh, I, they're all work for the establishment, the establishment is terrible, awful. I don't agree with the mainstream media who thinks that the establishment is wonderful. The status quo is amazing and these beloved politicians. No, I think these politicians are monsters. And if there is a portion of MAGA and I think there is, that genuinely is standing up and going, I don't want it, that's it, I don't want any more wars. I don't wanna go die for you, I don't want to. So you keep telling me, no, I have to die for Israel. I have to die for oil companies. I have to die for defense countries. I have to die for Halliburton. No, I don't want to. And it's got no business, we got no business there. It gives us no advantage, zero, zero, zero. It's to protect an ally, really? What ally? How has Israel helped us? They've helped us with absolutely nothing. All they ever did was get us in more trouble. So, and we have to do it to protect only democracy in the Middle East. How is it a democracy when it imprisons five million Palestinians and says we're never gonna take our boot off their neck? But Netanyahu says it now, no Palestinian state, we're never going to give them a state. Gee, I wonder why the Muslims hate us. But no, you have to go and die there because Lindsey Graham wanted a war, Nikki Haley wanted a war. So no, I, I'm not interested in any of that. Uh, they're terrible human beings. Don't let the mainstream media lie to you. 
The real problem is the people in power, not the powerless. 100%. When we come back from the break, we'll talk a little bit about how Nancy Pelosi is under the impression that pro-Palestinian protesters are actually funded by Russia and China. Yeah, lunatic. One of the most insane stories involving Nancy Pelosi, and that's saying a lot, because there are a lot of insane stories involving Pelosi. We'll also talk a little bit about a UN agency that is now losing funding after Israel claimed that 12 of its members uh, aided and abetted Hamas's atrocities on October 7th. We'll uh, discuss what the allegations are and whether it makes sense to just entirely pull funding from this group of people that provide humanitarian aid to Palestinians. It employs 13,000 individuals. So we'll get to that and more. Don't miss it. The Russia, Russia, Russia. TYT, Jenga and Anna, and Ingram. Ingram, thank you for gifting five Young Turks memberships on YouTube. You're awesome. Anna. Let's get to Nancy, Nancy Pelosi, nasty Nancy. Let's do it. But for them to call for a ceasefire is Mr. Putin's message. Mr. Putin's message. Make no mistake, this is directly connected to what he would like to see. What you just heard was complete and utter insanity. Former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi was asked about pro-Palestinian protesters in the United States, many of whom are young Americans who are fired up over the images and the videos that they're seeing coming out of Gaza. Innocent women and children being slaughtered in the Gaza Strip. That's what's firing them up. But if you listen to Nancy Pelosi, you would believe that no, actually what's behind these pro-Palestinian protesters is Russia? Let's listen. How concerned are you that people, young people, Arab Americans, progressives, I'm not suggesting that they're gonna go vote for Donald Trump, but how concerned are you that they might just stay home? For them to call for a ceasefire is Mr. Putin's message. Mr. Putin's message, make no mistake, this is directly connected to what he would like to see. Same thing with Ukraine, it's about Putin's message. I think some of these, some of these protesters are spontaneous and organic and sincere. Some, I think, are connected uh, to Russia. And I say that having looked at this for a long time now, as you, you know. You think some not. of these protests are Russian plants? I don't think they're plants. I think some financing should be investigated. And I want to ask the, the uh, uh, FBI to investigate that. Did you guys hear what she just said? She wants the FBI to investigate pro-Palestinian protesters to see if they are funded by Russia. But in previous instances, she decided, you know what, let me pick a different US adversary to blame this all on. So pay close attention to what she says in this next video. I say it's all spontaneous and sincere. Young people care about the right to choose. They care about LGBTQ issues. They care about preserving the planet. They care about gun violence prevention. That's what they tell us. They care about our democracy and the freedoms that are contained in some of what I said. So they're going to have to make a decision, staying home to enable or to 
Agonize, organize. Not agonize, but organize and get out there and get the job. I have every confidence that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will be president and vice president of the United States. So there she is trying to persuade young voters who are disgusted by Biden's endless and unwavering support of what Israel is doing in Gaza. Like she's trying to convince them, well, they're gonna vote for us anyway, even if they're disgusted by what's happening in Gaza because we're allegedly great on all these other issues. Whatever, but let's go to the next video because this is where you're going to hear her talk about another country influencing these pro-Palestinian protesters. yelling about China. Telling them to what, go back to China? Go back to China. Yeah, so first of all, Nancy, you gotta make up your mind. Are they Russian or are they Chinese? It's pathetic. Okay, so talk to a Democratic friend today and I was talking to him about how bubbles. Okay, MAGA's in a massive bubble, but aren't Democrats in a bubble? And I mentioned this as an example, he said, well, if Pelosi said it, she must have done some research. Right, right, right. Come on. Okay, all right, anyways, look guys, when she first started talking about a, that Putin is financing the ceasefire effort, I thought she was talking about Ukraine. She's talking about Israel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> what? So this is the kind of drivel, nonsense lunacy that comes from democratic establishment that's almost never challenged. I mean, she's the most beloved figure in Washington. Everyone in media loves her, everyone in the Democratic Party loves her. They all claim she's a master legislator and a genius. Does she look like a genius to you? I'm gonna say things that are unacceptable. She looks like an adult old fool to me. Uh, you go back to China, you, you weapon snappers. Okay. Yeah, great job uh, speaking to American citizens and voters that way, just dismissing yeah. them as. By the way, go back to China, what kind of line is that? It's disgusting, she's disgusting, okay? okay? The Democratic Party has become such an embarrassment. And it is amazing that, I guess that's their one trick pony move, right? Of course. Let's just blame Russia. Yeah, so look, I, I think that there was good evidence that that worth an investigation to see, because Donald Trump Jr. did have a meeting with the Russians during the campaign, etc. And we can get back into all that, but now looking back at it, Oh, it turns out both sides were right. I think that there was a good reason to look at it given all the things that the Trump kids said, Trump said himself about his loyalty to Russia, etc. right? But apparently it's also true that the Democrats just have that as their fail safe excuse for everything. Oh, Hillary Clinton lost Russia. Young people don't wanna murder Palestinians, Russia okay, or China. But everything's Russia. I mean, like you- It's you, pathetic. No, MAGA's <laughs> not wrong about that. Every time they're in a bind, they always go, Russia, Russia. Oh, yeah, you didn't like your sandwich, Russia. Okay, it's like that thanks Obama meme, right? Mm-hmm. But it just, in this case, Russia. Okay, guys, I wanna disprove her just in case you're a Democrat and you think, no, if she said it, it must be true. So Biden went from being popular with young voters. Remember, he tried to do lift student debt, he did a number of things. Uh, so he was above water, His he had higher favorability than unfavorability. Now do you know what his numbers are with young voters? That's 18 to 29 year olds. He's 44 points below water. 
Must be Russia. 44 points. So Russia paid almost every 18 to 29 year old in this country from to go for him to lose 50 to 60 points in that demographic. 50 to 60 points. But Russia, it must have been Russia. Maybe Russia okay. threatened the pollsters yeah. to skew the poll results against Biden. Think about it. It can't be that Biden's unpopular with the young people. It, it, it can't be, it can't be. And, and it's not just, <laughs> hey, listen, our democratic leadership is like just totally incompetent. Their brains have melted. All they do is serve donors and they're corrupt and, and, and addled and all that. It's not just that, guys. It's serious. She's saying the FBI should investigate all Pro-Palestinian protesters, everyone who says, hey, why did we just murder 20 times the number of people Hamas killed? Why did we do that? We said Hamas was the world's worst terrorist because they murdered those poor people in Israel. Then we murdered 20 times the number. But if you dare to complain about that, Nancy Pelosi wants to have the FBI investigate you. Because you might be a Chinese agent or a Russian agent. Okay, look, if it hurts your feelings, it's not on me, it's on you. We need new leadership. These people are ridiculous and they're not anywhere near left-wing progressive, what FDR Democrat. No, these are right-wing thugs posing as Democratic Party officials. They've been totally co-opted by donors and they're, they're not on our side at all. If you're a Democratic voter, Nancy Pelosi doesn't care about your interests. She's gonna go to war whether you like it or not and none of you want it. But she's gonna give it to you anyway, and if you complain, she might have the FBI I investigate mean, she, you. She'll smear you as an enemy of the state, someone in bed with Russia or China, if you're protesting and saying things that she doesn't like. And that's a lot of people in America, by the way. Let's go to a Reuters Ipsos poll that was done in November. Many polls like this have similar results, but let's go to this one, which shows that some 68% of respondents in this Reuters Ipsos poll said that they agreed with a statement that Israel should call a ceasefire and try to negotiate, meaning they should try to solve this through diplomatic means. Russians. I guess they're all Russians. 68% of the country are Russians, at well least, I didn't know. At least funded by Russia. Yeah. About three quarters of Democrats and half of Republicans in the poll supported the idea of a ceasefire, putting them at odds with Democratic President Joe Biden, who has rebuffed calls from Arab leaders, including Palestinians, to pressure Israel into a ceasefire. Three Against three quarters of your own voters. So mainstream media, who agree, who serves Democratic voters better? Us or Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden? It's not even close. Democratic voters agree with us overwhelmingly. But you go kiss her ass and pretend she represents Democrats when she does the exact opposite. I also want to note that over the weekend, Arab American leaders in critical swing state Michigan refused to meet with a Biden campaign official. Because as you all know, we've shared the story multiple times. There is a significant voting block of Arab Americans in the state of Michigan. And that's a swing state that Biden desperately needs in order to win reelection. They have seen his handling of the war on Gaza. And obviously they're disgusted by it. So many are, are saying that, you know what? We're obviously not gonna vote for Trump, but we're gonna sit it out. We're not gonna vote for Biden either. And so um, in an effort to improve relations with that Arab American voting bloc, uh, there was a Biden campaign manager, Julie Chavez uh, Rodriguez, who planned to meet with Arab American leaders in Michigan. And uh, they refused to meet with her, which is stunning. This is actually very rare to see because we're talking about someone 
close to the President of the United States. You have Arab American leaders saying, no, we're not interested in talking to you. Assad Turfay, Deputy Wayne County Executive said that he had been asked to organize a meeting with elected officials. But he said the leaders were too angry about the Biden administration's policy to meet. I made the ultimate decision to cancel the meeting in the best interest of the community. There were some who were willing to meet with her. Dearborn Mayor Abdullah Hamoud said on X, formerly known as Twitter, that residents want an immediate ceasefire. One Arab American leader did agree to meet with Rodriguez. His name is Osama Siblani, publisher of Arab American News. And he said that he was willing to meet with her in order to discuss the reluctance of others to meet with her and what the community is really feeling in regard to the US support for what Israel's doing in Gaza. I told her that my community does not want me to meet with you, but I want to meet with you, look you in the eyes. I said, you know, look, we feel like we've been betrayed by the president, that we voted for him in 2020. We're not going to do it again. Okay, so they must be Russians. Yeah. Look, guys, I was just in Dearborn about a week ago. So she's in Dearborn trying to get them to meet with her. And I talked to dozens, if not hundreds, of Muslim and Arab Americans there and throughout the country. And the Democratic Party is in a total state of denial. They're not getting it at all. Those folks are not going to vote for Joe Biden. They're not going to vote for him under penalty of law. The Democrats think, ah, it's okay. <laughs> we got Trump on the other side. They'll come back. They'll come back. No, I talked to them for hours and hours. They're not coming back. So again, a lot of them are not going to vote for Trump. Some though are going, well, he doesn't like Netanyahu and he's unpredictable. Unpredictable is better than genocide. And so, but I'll guarantee you this, the great, great majority of Muslims and Arabs in Michigan are not going to vote for Joe Biden. They despise him and they used to love him. And you know why they switched? Russia. <laughs> no, it's because he said, "Oh, you want to murder 26,000 Palestinians? How great! Go for it! Green light, green light, green light!" You think they don't have eyes? They have family. A lot of them do in Gaza. Their family members get killed, and you tell them, "Oh no, they, you had to do it, and you shouldn't even, you shouldn't." Say one thing against Israel, you shouldn't take one action against Israel to try to stop them. No, you're not gonna convince them, they're gone. They're not voting for Biden. So kiss Michigan goodbye, good luck to you. Or it's okay if you're a Democrat, live in delusion, just like MAGA did until November. And then maybe we'll rush the Capitol on January 6th <laughs> no, this time you. around. Not interested. And, and we'll, because we'll be shocked, Biden couldn't have lost. Every lib I know was positive he was gonna win, that it didn't matter how big a deficit he had with Arab Americans, Latinos, young Americans, women, educated, it doesn't matter. He was gonna win, no he's not. Okay, go ahead, live in delusion if you like, be the new MAGA if you like. But anyways, Michigan's gone, they don't even wanna meet with Biden. They have no interest in him, good luck. All right, we gotta take a break. When we come back for the second hour, we've got one more story related to the war in Gaza. We're gonna talk about a UN agency that is now being defunded over allegations made by Israel. And then later on in the show, I wanted to give you an update on GOP efforts to obstruct passage of any legislation that would help alleviate what we're experiencing in the nation's southern border. Come right back.